Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the What Podcast. I'm Tara. And I'm Cassidy, and we've got a great show coming up. It's just Tara and I today, and we're talking about some of my favorite favorite Blazer decades. Uh, before we get started with that, we'll get going with a little bit of an icebreaker, and I know this one is near and dear to Tara's heart. Are you a Red Vines or Twizzlers person? Oh, I am so grateful to LeBron James for bringing this uh, conversation (laughs) to the forefront, as it should be at all times. Last night after their game, after he'd scored his 40 points, he was sitting on the sideline and he was seen eating red licorice, the only kind of licorice that there is. And Twitter investigation revealed that it was Red Vines. LeBron clearly knows what's what. Red Vines are clearly the superior candy between Red Vines and Twizzlers. That is my opinion. Cassidy, what is yours? Oh, wow. Okay. I am currently doing a sugar cleanse, so talking candy is oh, killing I'm me. Oh, so sorry. But, no, it's all good. Um, <sighs> like, you have to think about it? I mean, li- I mean, licorice is not my go-to. I do actually appreciate black licorice. I'm a weirdo. Um... But I, I think I got I got to go with red vines. I like how they tear like like they're t- tubular, but then you can also tear them until I'd, it's very satisfying. Wait, you tear your red vines. Oh, yeah, I do. I tear them into different sections I and I like a Twizzler thing to do. No, I do it with red vines because Twizzlers like they tear into like like uh, full strands, yeah, but it's fun strand. to tear the red vines because they tear on the spiral. Uh-huh. So you're like tearing along a spiral line and it's it's just a satisfying process. So I'm going to go with red vines also because I know I want to stay on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that was the right answer. My husband likes black licorice and I like the flavor of anise. Mm-hmm. It's just black licorice is so weird. <laughs> It, yeah, it always comes in like, like my husband, like, uh, he was mountain biking and he likes to take it with him just like for a little sugar rush, uh, you know, cause it's not super sweet. So he gets like the really fancy old fashioned kind. Mm-hmm. So he like carries it around in little like plastic bags. And I'm like, that is so weird and creepy. Never pull that out in front of anybody. Your little bag of licorice. <laughs> He's like, eh, hey, you want some licorice? I'm like, never do that. <laughs> Never, never do that. No, no. Well, we've put off talking about the Blazers long enough. Uh, since the All-Star break, the Blazers have played three games. And as we all knew, it would be without Damian Lillard. Uh, I mean, just in general, this team this year is a different team than we thought going into the team. Um, not really anybody's fault. You know, there's a lot of injuries going on. So in the three games since All-Star break, CJ has been leading your, the team. What are your thoughts so far and what you've seen? Uh, <laughs> um think we really need players back. Um, but I think the young development is really, really fun to watch. Um, I don't know if you don't like watching Gary Trent Jr. play basketball. I, I don't think we can be friends. Um, he's, it's just so fun. And I like seeing them develop. And I think when you think about it, it's really fun to watch them play so well. And you see the changes i mean i've we've seen a little bit of regression post all-star break but i think they're picking it back up and i think that only speaks volumes to how good we're going to be when everyone comes back Mm -hmm. because if we can compete in these games without i mean the people that are sitting on the bench injured are better than most people's starting lineups i would say sometimes 
Well, somebody who was uh, sitting nearby us at the game, I think, last night was complaining uh, about CJ. And I was just thinking, like, he barely has anything to work with. I mean, each one of these guys, of course, they are NBA players and they're capable players. But consider the fact that, like, Dame almost always has CJ with him. That's just that alone raises the ceiling or raises the floor of all, you know, all of his teammates. And, you know, CJ is doing the best with what he can, but, you know, Mello and Ariza are, they have their moments. I really enjoyed actually Ariza in the last game, the game, uh, the last game that they played, which was the one against the Celtics. He had some moments where he was like, no, we are not going to give up. And of course, Mello's 32 point game against the Pistons was fun. Um, But like when you look at the guys who are suited up and then you look at the guys who are in suits, there's a big difference in like being in their prime physically, being, you know, sharp athletically. It's just what are you going to do? And I, you know, for when when people criticize uh CJ for whatever reason, it just it just makes no sense yeah. to me. Like <laughs> I mean, he had a 41 12 and 9 game against the Pistons and I mean, yeah. At some point, you just got to say, like, you got to just enjoy the fun parts of the game when you're watching a team that is so young playing. Uh, So I'm really enjoying the dunking and how high they're all jumping and their knees don't hurt yet. It's great. (laughs) Um, One thing that I noticed the last game is uh, I really like how Gary Trent runs, like, on a fast break. He's got so much control of the ball when he has a fast break. I still hold my breath every time a blazer gets a fast break. Although with Ariza, there's more, I think. I haven't looked at the numbers to see if it I don't I still don't think it's like a dramatic increase or whatever. We know the Blazers are just not a fast breaky team. But with Ariza, it feels like that's his more natural um does you know he likes to to get those and and those are fun, you know. I love a fast break. We don't see those very often. It was great to see Naz little back. Yeah. Even though he changed the color of his shoes, so now he wears yeah. I think purple or blue. So I can't call him the pink shoe shift anymore. But it's good to see him back. Yeah, he was in um very royal blue shoes for someone who uh, didn't from, go to Duke. Yeah, from North Carolina. <laughs> So I thought maybe that could have been part of the bet or something that happened that resulted in him having to wear a Duke jersey. Oh, he I don't lost know. A bet. <laughs> yeah, he lost a bet against Rodney, I guess. And then I think uh, Gary Trent played in on that. So. Yeah. Well, um, you know, speaking of what guys are wearing, they, uh, you know, we have, an- since we have another injured player on the sideline, Damien had a spectacular bright red suit on the other night. This is what we've come to. This is where we are. <laughs> We're just excited when, and Nurt cut his hair. Um, not quite sure how he felt about that because I thought he was going to wait until he came back. And I don't know if there was a false start or if he just, you know, couldn't hack it any longer and needed mm-hmm. off of his neck or what, but. He he appears to be ready to roll as soon as they they let him go. I really want them all to wear a brightly colored suit during this time frame and like make a rainbow on the bench. <gasps> it's my dream. Such a good idea. 
I don't know why they haven't done it yet because they certainly have the colors because Damien has red, Zach has maroon. Uh, Nurk oh, has Nurk, plenty of other He suits. has gold. And green. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we've seen Nurk in a lot of wonderful color suits. Yeah, yeah. Brava. He's, he's, doing, he's doing well with that. Well, anything else you want to say about what we've seen so far? I think we're just kind of in a holding pattern right now. Yeah. Well, I will say the Detroit game was fun because of the fact that it was the 2000s decade night. And although I could not be in attendance of the game, uh, the broadcast team did a great job of bringing some 2000s music. So that's nice. I I've been to a whole bunch of games lately. I, the last three home games, I attended all of those. So I like haven't gotten to see much of the broadcast because I've been mm-hmm. I haven't rewatched the game so I haven't I've missed all the fun stuff I'm kind of disappointed I was hoping to see like Lamar come out in a full like maybe I might have my wrong year but I was hoping the Justin Timberlake full denim tux <gasps> yeah, look that would and Brooke could have done the dress and it would have been amazing so oh that would have been great you know, hopes and dreams for next time Blazers yeah in the 60 um, years <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the fan votes there. The Blazers did a fan vote for who would be the all 2000s team. So that's um, and the winners of that were uh, so by fan voting Scotty Pippen, Rashid Wallace, Zach Randolph, Damon Stoudemire, and Brandon Roy. Any surprises there? No, no, I mean, yeah. No, 2000 was a long time ago. What mm-hmm. were you, do you remember what you were doing in 2000? Um, the fourth grade was treating me really, really well. <laughs> I was playing a lot of basketball. All my friends liked basketball. We played <laughs> basketball at recess. So, you know, 2000 was pretty great. <laughs> Did you have a favorite player that you can remember? Yeah, I loved that whole section of teams. I mean, that was during my peak blazer craziness, um, I will say. But I did have a Stoudemire jersey. And it is the only jersey I have actually ever owned. Oh, wow. Because I became this theory of, like, if I bought another jersey, they would just go away. And so I stopped buying jerseys. And so I owned one. I got it in third grade. And it was Stoudemire. And I was so excited. So I think... But then it's like Sheed doesn't love Sheed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think in the moment it would have been Stoudemire, but in the uh, looking back on it, I just I love watching Sheed play. So, how about you? What were you up to in the year 2000? So in 2000, me and the family, we had just moved back to Portland from Eugene. We had lived in Eugene for 13 years after uh, college. And then we did what often happens in Eugene, which is you just forget to leave. And we got stuck there for eight extra years. And so 2000 was when we moved back and I had three kids at the time. So they were two, four and six, I think. Yeah, they were two, four and six. So I was doing a lot of things like birthday parties and laundry and like making food constantly (laughs) and so my blazer at that point i just i watched i had they were constantly on in the background 
and um, they were just always on the TV. And I used to like make my kids watch and tell me what the score was like while I was doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was like how they learned their numbers. So yeah, so that's what we were doing in 2000s. Just just back in Portland after having been away in Eugene for a long time. Nice. Did you have a favorite player from the from the year? Yeah. So in 2000, I think that was like the tail end. And I don't know if this really counts because I think Brian, that was like Brian Grant's last. Like he left in night in 99, 2000. Um, But, you know, if you want to look at like a player who started in 2000 or didn't start in 2000, but was there for a while longer than that. I I liked Scotty Pippen so much. I was so surprised at how much I liked Scotty Pippen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, yeah, and that I, voice. Yes, yes, but that was before I even heard his voice all that much. I just really, I think maybe part of it was like, like I really trusted him. I mean, he had all those titles, and I just felt mm-hmm. like he had the extra bit that the the Blazers needed to help him get where they needed to go, and they almost made it. <laughs> What about in 2010, 10 years later? Okay, what was I? I had just, I moved back to Portland from Seattle. Mm-hmm. And so I had just moved back to Portland. And I think the 2000, that decade is special to me because that is the decade that I taught my husband to like basketball. Oh. So I told him on our first date, either you're going to become a Blazers fan or this is not going to work. And um, slowly taught him to love basketball. And now I will find him screaming at the TV louder than me sometimes, which is impressive. Um, And so I was moving back to Portland, getting really back into the Blazers. Favorite player, very torn. Um, I'm torn between Wesley Matthews and Rudy Fernandez. Mm. You can have a tie. I mean, there's no. It's a tie. There's Love no like. I don't care. <laughs> it's not like yeah. those podcasts where they make you choose a side. Yeah, you know what? We're not choosing sides. No. We love them all. There's room for everyone in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Right. What were you up to in the 2010? Okay, 2010. Uh-huh. At this point, my kids would have been 12, 14, and 16, which meant I was driving to soccer practice and robotics tournaments constantly so uh at that point i was listening to the blazers in the car like they accompanied me everywhere i went because driving across town driving having a a car full of kids that i was bringing you know dropping all the kids off in the carpool so uh wheels was on constantly and he was like my constant companion so that's how Mm -hmm. i like related to the blazers in in 2010 i don't know who was my favorite player at that time because like i at that point i've so rarely actually watched games i literally almost i don't i think we didn't even have a tv at that point i think i only listened to him on the radio um but that was that was that when andre miller had his his uh 52 point game because i remember driving around in the car during that game Vividly. So if Andre Miller was there in 2010, it would be him. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's a hard one. Hard for me to pick a, a favorite in 2010. He would have been there <laughs> in 2010. Okay. Yeah. Then, then then let's say him for now. Okay. Gosh, I look at that roster and I love everybody on that roster. Who else was too. on that roster in 2010? Uh, it was the two. Wait, I'm on the 2009, 2010. That's good. LaMarcus. 
Okay. Luke Babbitt, <gasps> uh, Earl Barron, uh, Batum, uh-huh. Marcus Camby, oh. Dante Cunningham, Rudy Fernandez, uh, both are notable names, Wesley, uh, Andre Miller, Patty Mills, Joel Prisbella, Brandon Roy, Gerald Wallace. I mean, so many people I love. I definitely have a picture of my son, my middle son and his friend. And we would go to the place where you would hang out where the players would come out. And so mm-hmm. I, I loved going to games with them because they always wanted to go see the players afterwards. So I definitely have pictures of them like getting taken with Marcus Camby and Rudy and Nick Batum. And my middle son had um, a phone that, Nick Batum signed and uh so it's still in the junk drawer because I can't get rid of it no <laughs> you can never get rid of it was that. like this super old like back when they first started making making brick phones as opposed to flip phones and so it was like super cool because it was like a brick phone not a flip phone and he felt like super great about it and he found these little googly eyes and put the googly eyes on the phone and called it his iPhone <laughs> And then he had Nicholas Batum sign it. So it's still in my junk drawer. I found it just the other day. <laughs> Can never leave. Uh, I know. It, he, the, the iPhone lives in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start talking about who is on our all 2000s teams. Tell me about what was your philosophy as you approached how you were going to do this. Hmm. I think a lot of my philosophy was like, who did I enjoy watching? Mm -hmm. Who was I really excited to watch? And then I totally went down a totally different crazy path. And I was like, wait, 2000. That's one of my favorite years in Portland basketball history, because that's the year we got a WNBA team. (laughs) And it was the greatest thing ever in my life. And I was a diehard fan for three years. Um, And so my decades team, I think I pretty much voted for the fan vote when it came to the Blazers. But for my decades team, I'm all about the Portland Fire. So I got Jackie Styles, Demaya Walker, Kristen Focal, Sophia Witherspoon, and Sylvia Crawley. Rounding it out. (laughs) So... All right. I so hope that they get a WNBA team back (laughs) just for your sake. I will be the happiest person alive. Um, I just can't. It's hard to cheer for another team that's not a Portland team. I mean, it's just hard. And I'm now a free agent because my favorite player retired. So I'm, I'm in the hunt for a WNBA team and I'm hoping it lands here. Well, and I keep because I went to University of Oregon, so I keep thinking it's easy because whoever, wherever Sabrina goes, that'll be my team because, you know, I'm a duck. But it it does feel weird rooting for a non-Portland team, even if Mm -hmm. you have a really good reason to love them, because then I'm like, what if she plays on that team for a couple years and then leaves like the thought of like, I know that's how a lot of fans are these days mm-hmm. around the NBA is they follow the player, but I'm just not there yet. <laughs> so wherever yeah. she goes, I hope it stays a super long time. Yeah. I was really grateful. Elena Beard really played for her two teams. Yeah. <laughs> kept it I, simple. And it, it took a lot of time for me to be able to just cheer for someone wearing yellow and purple. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, when go. she went to the Sparks, uh, that was a lot for me. So uh, just bring back the fire. <laughs> Do it. This has been your uh, regular bring back the fire announcement in our podcast. <laughs> to go back to the Blazers. So are, are you are you pretty sure that you agree with the fan vote? Did you have any deviations from there? Scotty Rashid, Zach Randolph, Stoudemire, Brandon Roy. Yeah. Anybody else you would have thrown in as the six man? There were ideas of, I really loved watching. I mean, I, I almost tried to throw a bonus in there, even though it was his last year. So, you know, I was, I think I agree with that as an all team, but I also really loved watching Stacey Ogden play. Plastic man. Uh, I don't know. It was, there's so many good players from that era. It's really hard to pick. Okay, I want to hear how you came about picking your decades team. Okay, so in order to understand how I picked my team, you have to understand what happened on March 6, 2000. And was it 2001? Let me, let me get the date because I have to get it exactly right. It was... March 6, 2001. Okay. That was the day that the Portland Trailblazers were retiring, uh, were set to retire Clyde Drexler's uniform. My, up to that point, my absolute favorite Trailblazer, crushed when he left to go to Houston, Mm -hmm. so excited that he was coming back so that Portland could finally close the loop and honor him the way that he deserved to be honored. Mm -hmm. It was a huge big deal. Everybody was so excited. What's he going to say? Are they going to make up? Blah, 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 blah. So on that night, they played the uh, Vancouver Grizzlies, my Mm -hmm. second favorite team, my beloved Vancouver Grizzlies who were at the time the worst team in the league. The Blazers at the time had a 42 and 19 record and the Vancouver Grizzlies were 18 and 43. And at halftime, they retired Clyde Drexler, one of my favorite, my favorite Blazers Jersey. And then were you there? No, I was not there. I was watching. I was there. Were you? Uh-huh. Oh my God. So you remember what happened? They blew the lead. I, I, so mad. I was watching it from home and I was livid. I think it was the first time I was really that worked up about a basketball game. I was so mad. I could not believe they were going to do it. So when I chose my all decade team, I looked at that roster and said, none of those guys get to be on my all decade team. So Dale Davis, not on the team. Damon Stoudemire, not on the team. Scotty Pippen, not on the team. Bonzi Wells, no. Rashid, no. Steve Smith, no. Detlef Schrempf, Arvita Sabonis, Sean Kemp, you want to be on the team? No. Rod Strickland? No. So that made it super hard to make a team. (laughs) I was so mad at those guys that I was like, you do not get to be on my all-decade team. So my team might not beat the fan team in a (laughs) head-to-head competition because it was really hard to find guys I, I went to basketball reference and i like sorted all the players who played for the trailblazers in like the whole decade and i sorted them by win shares and i had to go down into like the second page before i found guys who weren't listed in that roster because they were so much better than everybody else that record so i did manage to put together a team <laughs> 
but it might not be the team that you expected. So my point guard, Steve Blake, was pretty much the best point guard outside of the people who were on that roster. Um, so, you know, between 2008, 2010, those were his best seasons with Portland. He shot over 40% from three during that time, which back in that day, that was pretty cool. And that was on like almost five attempts. So that was on almost five attempts. <laughs> 4.8. That was pretty good for that era. So Steve Lake, my 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 point guard, Brandon Roy gets to be my shooting guard. Thank goodness. Uh he's going to carry the team. Um I'm going to leave the small forward to the end cuz that one was really hard. Uh LaMarcus Aldridge, I get to have LaMarcus Aldridge as a power forward. So that was cool. I I am comfortable with that. Um It's a good team. I mean, it would have been I, I don't think I would have chosen Le- Rashid anyway, although he was a better player. But I kind of like didn't allow myself to pick him because I feel like I didn't do him justice while he was here. Like I didn't enjoy him as much as I should have. And I sort of like didn't have the right to pick him, um, you know, because I was one of those people like, you know, who was like, oh, you know, he's just arguing with the refs. And, you know, like I didn't understand like all the stuff that was going on and I like totally like bought into the whole jailblazers narrative and like in retrospect I want to like rethink that whole era but at the time so anyway long story I don't think I kind of deserve to have Rashid plus he played on that team so he has no place on that team anyway so LaMarcus I'm very comfortable with that and then the center Joel Prisbilla and I was surprised when I went to go look at his stats he played 422 games. He started 292 of them, and he averaged 4.7 points per game, and 7.1 rebounds, and 58% from the free throw line. So that's not – those aren't the stats that I remember. I mean, <laughs> he had a bigger impact on the game, I think, than his stats. Yeah, his stat line does not tell the story. This is a solid team so far. Well, and it's uh, it's funny, like – considering Hassan Whiteside and like the stats that he gets that are just like, so his numbers are just like, wow. Um, and then you look at Joel Prisbilla who averaged 4.7 points and 7.1 rebounds. But we, I think a lot of us who watched him felt like he had an impact on the game. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. So for the three guard or for the three spot, the small forward, I had a super hard time and I, <laughs> I probably should have taken Nicholas Batum, but then I felt like I was getting too stuck in that era. So I decided to go with Jefferson High School's Ime Udoka, who played for one season in Portland. And when you looked at it by wind chairs, yeah. he, he was like kind of up there. It was like <laughs> it was like, you know, Dale Davis, um uh you know <laughs> Bonzi like I was looking at all the forwards and they were all there just af- one after the other yeah. and then eventually there was Emi Udoka so I just latched on to mm-hmm. him you know Jefferson High School uh great so I was like okay yeah. I'll go with Emi Udoka I love it it was hard though <laughs> I mean what a team <laughs> yeah Steve Lake Blanderoy Emi Udoka LaMarcus Aldridge and Joel Prisbilla I'd watch that TV show, them like traveling on a yacht together. <laughs> Thank you for being nice. <laughs> I would definitely, I would watch that. 
Well, you know me. I can't just like do it normal. I have to. Um, I have to throw a wrench in. But I don't know. Do you think I, you were at that game? Do you think should we let go of that game and forgive everybody? Is it time? Honestly, that halftime was so long. Mm-hmm. Like it was way longer than any other. I think they that might have been the one that set the rule that like you you got to cut it down because it was like I mean they gave Clyde the street so they named Drexler Drive that night but they retired oh no it was Terry Porter when they retired two numbers the same night been to a lot of the retirement yeah. nights um uh but that Clyde night was super fun but the rest of that game was really crap yeah no they they should be excluded okay well yeah. That was kind of the beginning of where I started also to feel like I don't like special nights. Like I have a superstitious dislike of special nights when it comes to the Blazers. And it all goes back to that night. Like anytime they're like, we're having a special this night or we're having a special that night. I'm like, no. So I have to admit, and I didn't ever say this out loud and I, I could have, but I was so worried about the 50th anniversary. I was like, this is going to be a disaster because every time we celebrate mm-hmm. something special, something things bad go happens. off the rails. And I was like, we're going to have a whole season of it. And so here we are. And I think we can trace it directly back to that game. To the 2000, March 6th. Yes. March 6th, 2001. 2001. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That was Rod Strickland's first game after the big trade. If you're ever interested in reading about this era, um, on Blazers Edge, uh, Dave and Timmy did an incredible yeah. history of the Blazers, super detailed, and they remembered this game and with the same visceral intensity that I do, and <laughs> wrote about it beautifully, as well as like a ton of other really awesome Blazer memories. So I should put a link to the whole history. Yeah, of the Blazers. If you haven't read that. I feel like any Blazer fan should read through all of that because it's amazing. It's incredible. And it only goes up, I think, through like 2013 or 14. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they've updated it since then. But, um, yeah, I will definitely put a link into that. Yeah. So that's our 2000s all-decade team. You went off the rails with nobody from that 2001 and i picked a wmba team so yeah we followed the rules really well <laughs> we did it like we always do Woo! <laughs> um well we've moved to present day and there's a lot of things going around the league right now post all-star game is always a lot of fun because it's go time. It is. It's that push for the final thing. And, you know, things are getting a little crazy all over the place. So we've got headlines from around the league this week, starting with smooth jazz. No more. Things are getting rocky in Utah. Um, so apparently they told the team that Conley was going to be benched, but instead they're now benching Ingles. What? But also, why do they keep benching people? Why do they have so many people they can bench people? It's not fair. Yes. Yeah. First of all, that headline that you wrote was amazing. Smooth jazz, no more things getting rocky in Utah. Very good. I don't know if you took like journalism in school or not, but that was a good headline. I admire it. <laughs> um, here's the thing. Utah and Denver are always like the thorn in the Blazers side and they're always like supposed to be so good and 
they're just like people don't even like discuss whether or not they're really going to be good. They just like are. Mm-hmm. I have this. I I know that this is just like people just are going to think that this is like a totally outrageous thing to say, but. I don't think Rudy Gobert is as good as they say that he is, as they say he is. I know your mouth were just like, are you kidding me? But like, why are they not? Okay. I admit that they've been better than them Blazers, but with the way people talk about how great this Mm -hmm. team should be, I feel like they should be challenging the clip, the Clippers and the Lakers. They've been as they are for a really long time and they supposedly just keep getting better, but they also just keep struggling. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I, I really like watching Colbert play, but I watch, I like watching him play more when he's playing international ball. Oh, interesting. Because I think, I don't know. His game is more, I don't know if it's necessarily more suited, but in the way that I watch basketball, when I watch international basketball, I find him very entertaining. So I don't know if that made any sense whatsoever, but I think I prefer watch. I don't, yeah, they are kind of one of those stuck teams, but I think people would have said that about Portland too, Mm -hmm. for a long time until almost last year when we finally kind of broke through after a while. So I just hope they don't break through. Does that mean, I mean, I don't care. Um, so we're moving on from Utah, going over to California. Will he or won't he the return of Steph Curry? So it was announced that he would return Sunday. Um, and then Kerr was like, "Uh uh-uh, he needs to scrimmage more. I, he may want to do that, but he's, he basically was like, that might be what he wants, but that's not what's going to happen was kind of the response. Uh, how are you feeling about that response to a former MVP? I think I would think that it's going to be up to Steph when he when he comes back. And I think this whole year has been weird with Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he has become more of a personality than a coach this season. And I mean, maybe because of the team that he's had to work with. Like he hasn't been in his normal environment because he had a whole different set of guys to work with and he had to learn how to work with them in a different way. But I just think that this season has been a lot more about Steve Kerr, you know, making decisions rather than the players playing the game. And so Mm -hmm. I would like to see that this decision is made by Steph Curry. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I, that the quote that came out kind of was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Like, because he said exactly uh, that's when he wants to play and he will when we all feel he's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like maybe we all kind of means trainers. Right. I mean, in reality, your trainer is the one who's going to tell you if you can play or not. You have a good say in it, I think, if you're a player of that caliber. Uh, and as important as he is to that team, but your trainer's making the final call. It's not like they're going to let you get back out there if you're really not ready. I don't know. I guess I say that, and then I think of other things that have happened in the last few years, and I'm like, maybe they would. Um, So I think players got to trust their own bodies. 
Yeah, before we move on, um, while we're talking about the curries, the uh, there's a new podcast out that's hosted by Sonia and Del Curry, and mm-hmm. uh, they talk to parents of famous uh, athletes. So it's called Raising Fame, and they recently had Damian Lillard's mom on it, and it is incredible and blazer fans especially should rush to go download it and listen to it because it like there's nothing new in it it's like that's the wonderful thing about damien and he's but he's been so consistent in his whole life and so Mm -hmm. it's his mom telling all the same stories but from her perspective and so it's awesome and uh it's a really great podcast just the two of them hosting it are really great too so i'll put a I'll add a link to that too, which you should listen to after you're done listening to our podcast. (laughs) I mean, there's the curries, but then there's us, right? So different ends of the whole new perspective. (laughs) I mean, let's be real. And I mean, we're kind of talking about golden state. So I'm going to go with my first head, my next headline. And, and then it's all going to come together. So can you fix a broken heart? The story of Andre Iguodala. Um, the plot has thickened after Shams made an appearance on Pardon My Take podcast, where he revealed that Iggy had no intention of playing for Miami this year. He said he thinks he's happy. So he would have been happy staying at home in Silicon Valley, where he also has a part time job. Like I working at a restaurant or. Yeah. What is he doing? He's probably working at a startup. But, like, the whole thing about startup is, like, startup life and the grind and, like, yeah. working a bazillion hours. Like, how do you have a part-time job? In yeah. Silicon is he living Valley? in one of those startup homes with yeah. all, like, the, everybody's, like, living and somebody has to live in a closet because it's, like, yeah. 19 people in a two-bedroom house? And it costs, like, $3 million a month to mm-hmm. live there. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I mean, that's what he's doing. But yeah, so I, – Wait, so, so he – are you saying that what was reported was that he was not – he was originally not planning yeah. on playing in Miami. Yeah. Like, so he sit it out like he did in Memphis. Uh huh. Yeah. So that was kind of the idea. And then I guess Pat Riley talked to him. Uh, there were more conversations. And he's playing. So, or he's played. So, but I, I honestly just think he misses Golden State. I don't think he wanted that to end. I don't think he ever wanted to leave. And I think he's heartbroken. Um, but I hope it all can work out in Miami because just play basketball. Yeah. He's such a good player. He's such a good player. It's so fun to watch. And like his impact on younger players could be so, so great. And it can make such an impact on future generations of like players to watch that. Like I want him to, to be out there, to be with Miami, to like hang out with Myers Leonard and the hammer and, you know, (laughs) run drills and, Maybe Jimmy Butler will yell at some people. It'll be amazing. Listen to country music. He loves it. Um, Sweet. Speaking Jimmy... of Myers Leonard, have you seen that Ellie Leonard is now like a dribbling expert and now she has all these handles? I don't I know. know. I... That woman is amazing at basketball. I. She's great. Yeah. Um, and if the WNBA was to expand to Portland, Ellie. <laughs> I'm not sure she'd want to move so far away from Myers. I know, but you know, the W different times of the year, and they still have That's a house true. here. Yeah, yeah, they could come live. Spend here your summers WNBA in Portland. Season. I mean, who wants to be in Florida in August? Um, not me. Uh, 
So moving on from Andre Iguodala, the story that just keeps on going. Uh, Zion meet LeBron. LeBron meet Zion. The two matched up for the first time against each other. And it will hopefully be the beginning of many matchups because I definitely want to see Zion be healthy because, oh, man, is that fun basketball to watch. Uh, Zion, Zion ended up with 29 points, six rebounds and three assists, while LeBron scored 40 with eight rebounds and six assists. It was just a fun game of basketball. Yeah, it's as much as I like hate to, you know, say I don't want to see the Blazers in the playoffs, a first round matchup between those teams would be so much fun, even if it was a sweep, even if it was only four games, just watching LeBron and Zion take each other on. And like we haven't seen Mm -hmm. enough about Zion to see whether or not he's like a cyborg like some of these guys are who just like get better and better like seemingly effortlessly. I mean, obviously they work incredibly hard, but like just something about their genetics, they're able to improve so hugely. Did you hear that they, they gave him a week and they were like, Hey, we want to see how much muscle you can put on. Like we're, we're aiming for like three or five pounds or something like that. He put on nine pounds of muscle in a week. Wow. How, how, I've how does one do that? (laughs) I mean, I know that uh, Myers Leonard's level bars are great, but do they provide such energy to gain nine pounds of muscle in a week? Who's to say? Um, I guess that's what happens when you're 19. It, yeah, and it's amazing right now because he's just like such raw talent. Mm-hmm. Like, and he hasn't even been shaped and molded yet, right? Like, he's yeah, barely not all the way. Even, He's barely even been coached. He's only played like, a you know, a dozen or like 15 or so games, mm-hmm. you know, in the league. Like, he, he's, Yeah, he comes from Coach K. So that's a certain level of experience you get with that program, but not NBA experience. I mean, it is wild to see some of the things he's doing. And like, you're like, wait, did he just post up LeBron? Like, <laughs> what's happening? Like, it doesn't seem like it's possible and it's it's fun to watch. I still hope they don't make the playoffs, but I want to watch them play because it's fun. But and on the other side, LeBron James just keeps going. Seventeen years in the league, and he's taking mm-hmm. on a guy who was two years old when he entered the league, and he's hanging with it. It's just, I mean, we're so lucky mm-hmm. to be watching this. Basically, is kind yeah. of what it all comes down to. Yeah. I'm always just wondering if we're ever going to see LeBron play against Bronny. Yeah. Like if, if LeBron's going to hang out that long. Yeah. That we get to see him play against his own son. That would be mind blowing. It, it, I mean, it doesn't seem like it certainly doesn't seem impossible. No, it doesn't. But you keep saying playing against, don't you think that they're going to try to like make it so that they'll play with each other? Would you want to play with your dad though? If my dad was LeBron James, yes. <laughs> okay, but Bronny also currently plays for a team called the Blazers, so... Oh, so maybe he'll I mean, just want to come straight to the Blazers. Straight to the Blazers. Why switch it up? Branding's the same. Keeps it easy. Let's do it. Well, right, and the Blazers have taken on, you know, older guys before, mm-hmm. so that doesn't mean that LeBron couldn't come. Yeah, come on down, LeBron, with your veterans minimum. Yeah, <laughs> they've made it. He's made lots of money. He's you can come fine. Portland and take over the whole Portland movie industry. Yeah. And like every industry you can just take it over the shoe industry. You can just make it his and play with Bronny. It'll be great. 
you know, the it'll be great when Damien leads them to the championship. Because yeah. <laughs> Damien is leading them. Let's be real. Yes. Damien's still the, the leader of that team, despite <laughs> having two LeBron James. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, okay, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Let's see. Today, this is going to go out on Friday. So, yeah, the Blazers are going to be on a road trip. We're going to keep our fingers crossed just that everybody stays healthy. I saw a picture of them today getting off of an airplane, metal steps with their hands full in the freezing cold. And I was like, never show me a picture like that again. I was so afraid they were going to fall down the stairs. (laughs) Hire me. I will carry bags. Yes. Exactly. We could totally go and help carry things. We would be so We're great good helpers. We would be so, I bring so, snacks. We would be so good at that. Yeah. Yeah. We could bring coffee. We could get coffee tailored to the different guys and what their tastes are. Yeah. They should mm-hmm. totally let us know, Blazers. And you know what? How, if the Blazers wanted to get a hold of us, how could they get a hold of us? You know, I think they could send us an email at hoopsandtalks at gmail.com. Um, and you could also send us your icebreaker ideas. You know, who's on your decades team? Uh, and maybe you want to tell me who would be on your ultimate Portland Fire team. Uh, so email us that. You can find us on Twitter at Hoops and Talks. You can find me at Cassie Gemmett. And you can follow the Blazers Edge at Blazers Edge. Tara, how can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at TCB Biggs. And don't forget that you can subscribe to this podcast and the Blazers Edge weekly podcast in the Blazers Edge podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts. For Cassidy, this is Tara. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thank you.